It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down American loser, the day I was born Welcome back to another episode of American Loser. Uh, where are we, Dad? Uh, we are in no other, no other place other than the shared universe in Eatontown, New Jersey. Exactly. Mike and Ming always taking great care of us. Behind the ones and twos, who else could it be? Wow. It's been Kahuna. <laughs> Kahuna himself. Who's very happy. We just gave him his Christmas gift. He got, uh, my mother is Armenian, and she makes uh, paklava. And... Um, we just watched an addiction started for me here in front of us. You really did. It's like it's kind. It's like if I don't get it next Christmas, I'm gonna just turn into well, the Grinch. The, the, the first one is always free, and that if we put the hook. I will in gladly it. pay. <laughs> now you like pay you think I'm it. playing. No, it's the truth on that one here. Now we have a great guest with us today. Uh, I'm very excited. A good friend of mine, one of the funniest people I know, will not do stand up. There are so many people that do stand up that shouldn't do it. And uh, then you, for some reason, will not. Alex Alvarez, how are you, pal? I'm doing great, Kevin. Glad to be here. That's a given. Using my Christian name. All right. Oh, sorry. That's a, <laughs> no, I'm You're using the old government name. Yeah. It's a, it's, we're in for a weird one today because the topic's really good. I like the topic we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm excited to have you on as a guest, buddy, because uh, you've actually, as Kahuna was talking about us uh, earlier, you've actually gone on the American Loser tour, have you not? I have. Uh, <laughs> I've planned my whole vacation around uh, episodes of American Loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just so if anybody's curious about stuff like that, because where'd you hit? You hit the Lizzie Borden house, right? I hit the Lizzie Borden house. I did that, I did that uh, in November. And then uh, this summer, I went to um, on my way to Gettysburg. I went to the um, the Molly Maguire's uh, prison in uh, in Jim Thorpe. No shit, right? I keep I keep screwing up the name of that that Skoykill yeah. River or whatever it was, right? Yeah. It might be Skoykill. I I, Skokil, I I think is a little closer. Yeah, I just yeah. can't say it for some reason. I don't know. I was, I was embarrassed to ask the locals. <laughs> it's uh well, it's not an easy word to get through either, man. But uh, so the Molly Maguire's thing that was pretty cool. You could see the handprint on the wall. So the you know, it's funny the handprint um cuz the thing the handprint you you can see the handprint but they don't want you taking pictures of it um most likely i mean i mean if that thing can survive being dug out of a wall and plastered over and painted over i don't think i don't think uh i don't think me taking pictures is going to do too much to it i think they just want to sell you postcards ah, <laughs> there you go see, available in the gift shop but you know i'm willing whatever i i bought two i i did i did buy two postcards and i i I bought one for you, and I did, and I got one for Kahuna, but I forgot them, so I'm gonna have to. Oh, I see how it is. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to bring them back. Well, this is a, that was a cool thing, man. I gotta check it out out there. There's, a, I think it's Machunk or whatever, right? That that was another town over that mm -hmm. way. So there's actually comedy gigs I have coming up. They're gonna be local to that. So well, I'm gonna head over go. there and, uh, and check there that out go. if I can. Oh, definitely. But cool stuff, man. And Lizzie Borden House. My cousin Megan's jealous of you for getting to see that. That was pretty cool. And uh, also, not for nothing, Gettysburg, Dan Sickles himself. So you're three That's for right. three, bud. Yep. That's not bad at all. <laughs> the like American loser tour. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's money to be made, guys. Someone uh, help us out here, you know? Now, I guess with the American loser tour, though, the bus has to break down somewhere in route, right? <laughs> the bus is just the bus from the, from the first Muppet movie. It just keeps breaking down every fucking five <laughs> yeah, miles. Right, and go. catch fire. That's <laughs> 
Uh, we are in for a weird one today, though. We got a cool topic that I'm excited about. Uh, and let's just, I know it's an audio platform, but let's just be honest. I'm feeling terrible right now. I have no idea what happened to me. Um, my stomach is like literally, I think, uh, I don't think I have one anymore. I think it's gone. And I'm sitting here in a studio indoors in December wearing sunglasses because uh, I don't know how, let's see, I, I think we'll get through this one, but uh, I'm looking a little worse for the wear right now, Dad. It's not good. Mm. You know, <laughs> I think uh, I said maybe five words the entire ride down. It's an hour uh, 15. That would, that would be a lot. That's <laughs> One thing I said, I, I did say I love you, and you just you, you left me. You didn't give me anything I back. Did? Oh, well, yep. sorry. And I was like, okay, fine. Fine, Dad. That's the way it is. <laughs> um, now, you picked this topic, right? Uh, yeah, I just came upon this in a stupid little publication that a friend of mine had lent me and came to the realization that, that this guy uh, on greater research is truly uh, a candidate for the American loser. Oh, without a doubt, this guy. Because there are sometimes when we do a show where it's just maybe we have to force the loserdom, if you will. But this guy, pretty open and shut case here. <laughs> yeah. So, Alvarez, what do you know about uh, this guy off the top of your head? Which I'll just introduce the topic. It's President John Tyler. Uh, aside from being President Number Ten and uh, some of the scu- and some of the stuff that we discussed um, a while back, that he was uh, that when after he retired, he became a uh, he, he served in the Confederate Congress. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> you know I'm almost mad you asked him first because all I knew about this guy was that he was number ten, and I was so happy because he asked me about him and I was like he's president number ten and I remembered it, <laughs> and I was so happy and I thought oh well he's gonna ask Kahuna, and, what do you uh, know about President uh, John Tyler? I'd just be like he's number ten and that's it. Yeah, what makes that? That's Kahuna went into deep thought on uh, <laughs> you know what do you know about John Tyler and he was there and his head down and. His, head in his hands and it came up with I think he was number 10 yeah, yeah bingo Way that's weird how that one uh, what, what kept that nugget of information there I have you? no idea <laughs> I have no idea and just like that I was uninvited <laughs> you are gone <laughs> well uh, there's some interesting firsts with this guy he's definitely like an asterisk of a president if you will um, he is the first president to get sworn in due to the incumbent's death okay because uh, let's see if you guys remember this one so if John Tyler was number 10 who was president number nine? Fuck. <laughs> no. No, no, that's, uh, you're thinking, that's a German chancellor you're talking about. <laughs> so, Shit. Um, <laughs> William Henry Harrison. William Henry Harrison, that's right, dude. Yeah. Which, uh, we'll get into his story a little bit, too. He's a loser in and of himself. Yes. So it's a sure. double dose of loserdom today? Uh, a little bit. There's there's plenty of losing going on, well, I'll put one, it that one way. One followed by another. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this guy was interesting. He, uh, he was born, first of all, March 29th. 1790, and there's almost this formula to build a founding father. This is President Number Ten, but the first couple of uh, you know, there always seems to be these recurring themes. Number one, uh, born on a plantation, okay, uh, in Virginia, pretty that that is a right. bedrock of right. you know early presidents to a uh, relatively wealthy family, and then he uh, he went up studying law. So if you want to be president, you got to study law. That's kind of how it works. Mm. But um, other weird things I thought kind of needed to get mentioned. Uh, you, how old's Rutgers? Rutgers is one of the oldest schools in. No, you you're know. asking me. You're asking me tough questions. Now. Rutgers, how old is Rutgers? Old. Rutgers yeah. was founded in 1766. Right, I know and it predates. It was called Queens College. It was called Rutgers in 1825. Oh, no shit. All right. Wow. There's another little nugget in there. That's <laughs> that, <laughs> that I did not know. Bank there. Well, it's weird because um, 
our boy here, uh, you know, president, not president yet, but uh, John Tyler, he actually goes to uh, William and Mary College in Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, he's a he's a Virginian through and through. No, Very much no so. doubt with that. Yeah, no doubt with that. And uh, came from money, as you said, born on a plantation. Came from money. Uh, Daddy was uh, a governor of Virginia at one point, um, and he followed suit. But uh, yeah, he was uh, born and bred. He was another. You started to mention firsts, but he was also the last. Um, of the aristocratic uh, Virginian presidents, if you will, that that was. I don't even think of that. Yeah, yeah he was the, he was the last. I guess <laughs> they got to him and decided, well, oh, that's enough out of Virginia. Yeah, it's uh, well, he he certainly. <laughs> First of all, the the major footnote on this guy is that he's considered. We already covered another terrible president in uh, Warren G. Harding, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about some other. This is um, this guy blends into the. Uh, um, there's almost a cascade of shitty presidents around this time. Where, and uh, Tyler is pretty much, cons- if you had to make a Mount Rushmore of un-Mount Rushmore, I think that's what we're dealing with here with Tyler. Wouldn't that just be like a graffiti yeah. painting? <laughs> yeah. <it's> a- <laughs> there you go. That's the thing, though, man. So Tyler, uh, not a dumb guy, by the way, pretty smart dude. Um, but I did think there was all these other things kind of worth notice, uh, noting, I should say. Um, he's the only president to be buried without the American flag draping his uh, coffin. Uh, you want to guess what flag is actually in this fella's coffin? CSA flag? Yep. He is still buried. An American president is buried the wrapped up in the Confederate flag. <laughs> okay? No shit. Absolutely true story on that one. Because his life happens in chapters, uh, which I thought was cool because he decides from the very beginning. Uh, it's almost like he knew what he was going to do. Because he got into politics, what, at age 21, Dad? Uh, early on, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he got his law degree at, at age 21. That just blew. I mean, I still haven't done shit. I'm 30. What am I? My thir- no, 32. Okay. It's hard doing the math, Kev. I yeah, know. I got uh, one more year till I hit Belushi's age. So. <laughs> one plus one is two, Kev. <laughs> For now. Um, but uh, this guy, he is considered to be one of the worst presidents. However, he's also got this, like, a couple of pretty, you know, insane accomplishments. This guy's the reason we have Texas, and he's also the reason we have Florida mm. in the United States. So Florida man is all thanks to Mr. John Tyler. But, so wait, he gave us Texas, Texas barbecue, and then he gave us fucking Florida? Yep. God's <laughs> waiting room. Just... <laughs> Who said God's waiting room? God's waiting room. <laughs> and Alvarez said it too, Cuban sandwiches. Oh, there God, you go. The best. But... Uh, he also gave himself his own nickname. This is true. This is 100% true. Um, his his plantation, his property, the, he referred to it as Sherwood Forest because he thought of himself as the Robin Hood of American politics. Yeah. No, you don't give yourself your own nickname. That never works out, no. you know? He gave him... He's like, that much of a loser. Oh, yeah. I, I tried. I, I, I remember somebody telling me... Uh, I, I tried making up my own nickname once. I called myself Nails. <laughs> yeah, nails. I was like, it's like nails. That's what they call me, nails. <laughs> uh, we had one. We had one. You're the blues I, brother that got written out. High school with, and I, I'm not going to say his name, obviously, but like on his on his like Facebook page or whatever, it's like, yeah, my uh, you know, my friends call me Phoenix. I'm like, literally, no one has ever called you Phoenix, <laughs> and no one ever will call you Phoenix. <laughs> they, they call me Phoenix on account of the school I graduated from. <laughs> I went to school online, but. Uh, now, another thing with that that bedrock principle of the Virginia guys, these dudes are all real big on states. Right? We always talk about that, too, with Robert E. Lee, um, that he turned down command of the U.S. Army in the Civil War uh, because he couldn't go against Virginia. 
So this is before the highways were built. Everybody's kind of, you know, everybody he knew and loved and grew up with was all sitting there in Virginia. And there's a lot of Virginia pride with these guys, too. But uh, back to the Robin Hood of politics. Um, he is, uh, yeah, when he was just 21 years old, he gets involved into the Virginia legislature. So he knows exactly what he wants to do. He's following in the footprints of guys like George Washington, uh, Thomas Jefferson. You know, it's Virginia's got some cool shit, man. They're and also Daddy Dearest. Cause also Daddy, true. <laughs> Daddy Dearest was also in, in Virginia politics big time. So. Excellent. And then, like you said, they Follow were both his actually his governors. Yep. Yeah. So now politics at the time is interesting because it's not quite the same Republican, uh, you know, Democrat kind of a thing we're dealing with here. Uh, Alvarez, you want to guess what the two parties were at the time? Uh, one would definitely have to have been the Whigs. Hell yeah. And then I think the other one, well, the Republican, no, they're not the Republican Democrats anymore. That left, that was, that was gone a lot earlier, I think. Um, well, it's weird because you're right. And it's the reason why it's almost like a trick question because uh, Jefferson's party was the, uh, what do they call themselves? The, uh, the the Democratic Republicans. That's what I mean. Yeah. So that was kind of uh, essentially, that was what Jefferson wanted the party to be. But around this time frame, you have a force of, you know, human nature known as Andrew Jackson <laughs> that's developing into these Jacksonian Democrats. Which you is mean the wild. human typhoon? Yeah, yeah dude. He was, there, you can... You can literally admire him while calling him a son of a bitch. That's just kind of what Andrew Jackson was, man. He was a wild dude. Completely changed uh, the entire face of America, too. But um, he's an interesting guy because uh, he, when he's president, uh, Tyler and him are actually, you know, Tyler wants to work with him. He, he looks up to him. There's this idea of that uh, the Jacksonian Democrats, that's kind of be in what Tyler's mind is going to be the, the route that he wants to go into. He's huge on states' rights. That's the whole big thing with them. However, the only problem is uh, Andy Jackson likes to keep expanding the power of the federal government all the time. So the two of them are starting to butt heads here. Uh, he actually broke uh, ties with Jackson himself uh, because the two of them got into an argument and he couldn't support Jackson's decision. He wanted to send in uh, the troops into South Carolina because South Carolina was trying to leave the nation. I found this out today. I did not know that it was a, a thing at all. But getting an early jump on that uh, on that boogaloo. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you realize the Civil War is just a sequel, then you know, because yeah, South Carolina's right. they are wild down there. I love South yeah. Carolina, man. But uh, yeah, it was interesting because um, that whole big government thing—it's going to be a problem here. But he's uh, Tyler's actually serving in the House of Representatives, like we said, also as a governor of Virginia. Uh, he then gets run as a. I mean, what do you think is the right secession, Dad? What's the right, you know, if you wanted to, if you had your eyes on the prize, you want to be the president of the United States one day, what's, where would you start off? Where would I start out? Well, you're going to start with local politics and, mm -hmm. and, and grow from there. And he, he, he did just that, but um, he also had a, uh, a falling out, if you will, with, uh, with Jackson. And he went from a uh, Jacksonian Democrat because uh, he was originally admiring Jackson, then got mm -hmm. away from Jackson, and then there was a number of other Democrats who also disliked Jackson. Uh, Andrew, uh, yeah, I think it was Clay. Um, Henry Clay. Henry Clay. Yes, sir. Uh, and Henry Clay was a big, powerful guy within the camp that disliked Jackson's idea of politics. And he kind of... Uh, um, uh, Tyler switches sides and he becomes uh, what this new party called the Whigs, which Clay was very much involved with, and uh, they folded uh, they folded John Tyler into it. Yeah, which uh, it's weird too because he quote 
changes sides or whatever, but he doesn't change any of his opinions. He's just like, oh, I'm a Whig now. And then he just still does all the Jacksonian Democrat bullshit that he was doing the whole time, too. Yeah, the common thread, I think, though, with John Tyler was this whole states' rights thing. That, you know, Absolutely. He was very much a states' rights kind of a guy, and um, what was best for for the Virginia was was going to be good for him. Never mind the the rest of the nation. What was best for Virginia was going to be the best for the nation in his mind. Mm-hmm. And he was a pretty well respected guy, uh, especially on the early on time frame. But uh, the next move, the next logical move, I would say, uh, he actually, as a part of the Whig Party now, gets run as the vice president because they're they're big on symbols. The Whig Party was they they present that their new candidate that they're going to be running uh, against Martin Van Buren. Uh, who, by the way, I believe was Martin Van Buren. Dad had that quote about uh, surely the good Lord did not uh, intend for us to, to travel at such breakneck speeds. And I think he was talking about like river ferries. Uh, I think the railroad maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the it. railroad. Cause, <laughs> hell, I mean, the railroad could go maybe 30 miles an hour. And I mean, it was just My God. unimaginable. That's all relative, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine Martin Van Buren now having to yeah, accept the fact that uh, – if you want to have a picture taken, uh, you do it with your phone. Ugh. Yeah, that's got to fuck with you a little bit. Yeah. But. Yeah. Martin Van Buren <laughs> driving a Tesla. <laughs> Another looseception. Another loser within a loser. But uh, <laughs> once you point it out, it's just going to keep happening. <laughs> that is the name we're going to go with. Uh, loserception. Yeah, looseception. I think. So. <laughs> that was an accident. But <laughs> well, uh, away from it. No, you have to, man. That's why it's fun to do all this stuff too. Because somebody had to point out that the show feels like. Uh, there, we're not a comic book like show or anything like that, but that shared universe is, you know, pun intended. That is what it all connects to. But um, so they're going to run for. Uh, he's he's going to be the vice president now for the Whig Party, and uh, the guy they're going to stick him with uh, is William Henry Harrison. LP, what do you know about him? Uh, well, William Henry Harrison, he was also uh, part of the Whig Party. But I mean, the the big shots within the Whig Party was again Henry Clay and then. Guys like John C. Calhoun and Daniel Webster. So there were some pretty heavy hitters within this Whig party. And they decide that they're going to put Tyler up uh, as vice president. They fold Tyler into the, the Whig party. Mm-hmm. So he jumps from being a Democrat and jumps into this newly formed Whig party. In theory, too, by the way, William Henry Harrison, he was being run from Indiana. I believe is where he hailed from. And then uh, so you can now combine. It's almost like they, the even to this day, what you'll see is the president and the vice president. You want to make sure that they're both solid, you know what I mean, in terms of where they can start pulling people in from with their support. Right, and for so, the people. So yeah, they're, and they're they got Virginia and Indiana. So right. those two things, they're kind of going they got two demogra- demographics that are going for them. And uh, William Henry Harrison was this big uh, Indian War hero. Um, he won this battle at Tippecanoe. And actually, the, the slogan, the, the campaign slogan for uh, it's a damn for good Harrison yeah. was tip a canoe, right? So you, there, people are reminding about how we won the won the battle of, of tip a canoe and Tyler too. <laughs> so that that was the big political uh, slogan of the day. It's good. it rhymes too, but there is like you almost want to hear like a, a whistle at the end, like and Tyler too, you know? It's, yeah, <laughs> no, and, and Tyler too. I think they're folding in well, and all the. All the things that, that Tyler became noted for with uh, states' rights and everything else. So, I mean, Harrison was uh, a big states' rights guy as well. Well, uh, and it wasn't hard to, to win an election against Martin Van Buren. Um, Van Buren gets blamed for a lot of – he was not a bad guy. Um, but he gets – there was the panic of, I believe it was 1837 
Yeah, that was. Um, it's this weird thing that happened where Martin Van Buren. You ever uh, like I, I growing up, I had you know obviously my sister Carrie, and uh, it, it was always a weird thing where uh, I'd get away with something, then Carrie would get you know caught for it or something like that. You know, it, <laughs> but uh, so I'd get out of jail free on that one, and uh, that's unfortunate what happened to Martin Van Buren. It's uh, you're only in trouble if you're the one sitting there holding the bag. You know what I mean? And uh, poor Van Buren is literally getting stuck with all the bullshit that Andy Jackson did. All right. So all the stuff about fucking up the economy and uh, overhauling the idea of a national banking system. Um, some pretty questionable moves with the Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, the, some slightly questionable. Yeah, the Indian Removal Act. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's wild that way. Yeah, it was a bit of a schlep. <laughs> Schlep's a good word for that, too. Yeah. Um, but, no, it, it was always... If you look back on it in history, Martin Van Buren gets blamed for all that shit, but he actually wasn't a bad president, but he was very unpopular. So, again, it just happened to be that when the shit hit the fan, he was the one sitting there holding the bag. Yeah, and Andy Jackson had a huge uh, popularity, if you will, but oh, yeah. he also managed to screw up a lot of things. And uh, that's what I think was the big uh, split with the Whigs and the Democrats. It was Jacksonian uh, banking institutions and everything else. And that's really what what drove uh, Tyler out of the Jacksonian Democrats is, is, you know, again, it came down to states' rights that why should the central government or the federal government have uh, the say over all these uh, banking institutions and everything else that, you know, Andy Jackson just went out and did it. (laughs) Screw that shit. We're going to dissolve the the federal bank. There is uh, an interesting, because in terms of being just a force of nature, too, Andy Jackson did a little bit of whatever the hell he wanted a lot. (laughs) So, uh, pretty. Well. I'm Andy. J- I'm Andrew Jackson, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> oh man, I'd watch that in a heartbeat too. I really would. But <laughs> there's my pitch for the new Jackass movie, which they just announced, by the way. I know it's it's a little sad when some of them are dead. Uh, uh, you mean one of them? Okay, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that breaks my heart too. But uh, now you got uh, William Henry Harrison, like you said, dead. You're, he's this famous Indian fighter. He's also an old man at this point. Yeah, he's an old dude. Yeah, they and I believe upon entering the White House when he because he, spoiler alert they win. Okay, mm-hmm. Van Buren goes down. Uh, so Tippecanoe and Tyler too. That works out pretty good. Now uh, William Henry Harrison is going to enter the White House as the ninth president of the United States. He enters as the oldest president to ever uh, you know be the incumbent, if you will. And, uh, At that point in time. Oh yeah, which yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> which to them to, to those people of those times that was the uh, that was the oldest. Well, he was sixty eight years old. So uh, anyone else we know that's sixty eight years old? Yeah, that's, that's that's old and tired. That's man. <laughs> <laughs> he should be thinking about doing a podcast in his retirement, that's <laughs> not running the presidency. Well, uh, William Henry Harrison is now finally the president of the United States for about a month. All right, that's. <laughs> Literally, he makes it a month. Do you know what took him out, Alvers? Uh, he was, I mean, I remember he was doing his inaugural speech in the rain. Also, worth noting, yeah, the yeah. longest inauguration speech of all time. And, and How long was it? Uh, I believe hours. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So, at this point, Dum Dum gets really, really sick, incurably <laughs> sick, and he dies within 30 days of his inauguration. Mm-hmm. I think it was pneumonia that took yeah, him out. Yeah, it was pneumonia that took... Now, there's that weird, because I'd heard that story, too, that it was um, that they think that he got sick um, when he was out there speaking in the rain, but he wasn't really a healthy guy to begin with. Mm-hmm. They said his energy was through the roof, though. He was he could have been a really good president. He really yeah. could have. 
But uh, yeah, he uh, shows up there. So that is the American loser for the uh, the shortest presidency of all time. When you uh, you don't even you know there's. I mean, a month is a month. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's you really it. can't establish a legacy yeah. in came, a month. Came and went. Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially when you're for the better Am I right, part, of, ladies. <laughs> for the better part of those thirty days, he's sick. So I mean, it's really not. He's not going to be uh, driving any new initiatives to uh, straighten the country out. No, and he was still working too. But if you really think about it, from like let's say he gets sworn in, and then he dies about a month. So what's that he got maybe 96 hours that he's actually able to do some shit around the white house yeah. but <laughs> so yeah this is he uh, had about enough time to change the drapes that's about it <laughs> <laughs> that's right. well this um this i thought was worth uh mentioning here too is that uh so now he's dead he dies at 68 and uh this is the first time it it's there's no precedent for this this is the first time that a vice president is going to get sworn in as the new president so you go right from number nine to number 10, okay? And there's some questions about it because it's never been done before. So they look into the Constitution to see, all right, well, how's this actually going to work? Or just, is, is he remaining? Is, now we're talking about Tyler here. Does he remain the vice president but serves in a presidential capacity? Do we have to pay him as much as we were paying the president? I mean, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, of weird shit. A lot of questions. And, and again, this was the first that uh, you know the president had died in office. So now, now where do we go? So there was a lot of questions that were raised um, not only, the, like you say, Kev, the, the, the pay scale and everything else, but uh, just exactly who. Well, it's going to be the vice president, but, uh, you know, his, his um, um, in, in, in be, being come president wasn't an immediate kind of a thing. Like nowadays, it's, it's within hours that the, the swearing-in ceremony is taking place of the vice president. So, yeah, there was, uh, it was a lot of questions. Well, it happens fast around here, man. It got. Uh, it was interesting too. So you're going from the uh, the oldest president at age 68, who dies in office, uh, to now Tyler being, I believe, he was one of the youngest presidents at that time too, right? Because he mm-hmm. was what 51. I want to say he was 51. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is kind of weird too. What do you think is the first thing that you do when, let's say, Alex Alvarez? Uh, becomes the president of the United States. Heaven help us. <laughs> what, I mean, I've seen you manage a waterfront at a Cub Scout camp. How bad can the presidency be? Oh, well, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's the first thing you would do, though? You feel like, you know, because we talked about it too. William Henry Harrison only had a month to put everything together. The only thing you really have time to do is fill your cabinet. Yeah. Right? I mean, you definitely. You definitely get the guys who are gonna, you know, who are gonna back you up as your cabinet for sure. Now here's what's interesting: he keeps Tyler now, who's now the president, keeps uh, to a man everybody on the cabinet that was assembled by William Henry Harrison. It's kind of a cool thing, right? Yeah. Except uh, that throughout the course of his presidency, the duration, if you will, uh, I believe all but one person, one, yeah, they bailed, resigned on him, <laughs> We're out. and completely like this guy yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so kind of nice. So I'll sit there, I'll honor your memory and keep your cabinet members on board. And there's like, hey, it's not so bad. We get to keep our jobs. And how bad could this guy be? Well, legendary bad. <laughs> so, um, other stuff that we should probably talk about, too. That actually, um, they still had to cater that a little bit for the swearing in of uh, the new president. That was actually handled in the 25th Amendment. So that is still something that's being studied by... Uh, yeah, that didn't really happen until much, much later. Mm-hmm. So. Well, cause, uh, not for nothing, if you go through it in your head, because you have... Obviously, it happens again with Lincoln and Johnson, and then you have uh, 
Johnson uh, LBJ taking over for JFK. Right. Right. So that's the only other two times that's really happened. And then obviously the and then very, when Nixon resigns, yeah, very interesting moment got, for all. We got Spiro Agnew that uh, it's probably uh, a future podcast. Uh, Spiro T. Agnew will be on there, but it was cool because Gerald Ford actually he took the presidency. All oh, right, right. I'm that sorry. Is, yep. No, because remember Spiro got uh, he had to get he had to get gone pretty quick. Yeah, so. right. Greek and crazy. <laughs> yeah, Paklava and Baklava. That's their move over there. But uh, <laughs> so. I thought it was, uh, you know, just other stuff we got to do. Because Tyler, there's so much happening with this guy so quickly. Uh, technically, he's a Whig, like we said. Okay? Technically, he's a Whig. But, yeah, he was, uh, bought, he was bring, brought into office as a Whig. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the cabinet structure, whether that was William Henry Harrison's put together or whether it was Henry Clay's and some of the other uh, power brokers of the Whig party is is also a questionable thing. But um, you're, you're accurate in stating that, you know, the cabinet that was assembled by Harrison, it, it, they're, they're all jumping ship to the man except par with one, ex- with the exemption of one. Um, so yeah, they, they weren't they weren't real happy with uh, the way um, John Tyler kind of turned on the on what brought him into office. Because like we said, he says he's a Whig on paper. He goes, "Hey, I'm a Whig now, guys." But the, when the Whig legislation is being brought up before, he starts vetoing the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're almost like a saboteur at that point you know what i mean it's uh what the hell is, this guy's gonna sit there he's gonna say he's on our team but it's almost like um <laughs> i was trying it's almost like jacoby ellsbury and the yankees <laughs> all right that jacoby ellsbury has no one has hurt the new york yankees that's why to me jacoby ellsbury is the all-time greatest boston red Sox. no one has ever fucked the yankees harder than right. that guy did on that contract right right, right. Jeff Blasio for the red wings that's <laughs> um, uh, it's a sad, sad season. Getting in here for hockey, but he's got a Red Wings jersey on too, so you know it's legit. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, and John Tyler too, I think, in his own self-image. I mean, he's naming his his home, his estate, his plantation, uh, Sherwood Forest. Mm-hmm. That he's putting himself out there as like he's going to be the political outlaw. That he's going to do whatever the hell is right in his mind. For this is the them. first time I've seen the word maverick used in terms of, because that was John McCain's yeah. whole thing was that he was a maverick because, you know, uh, you go against the party breaking line sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, John Tyler giving himself his own nickname. Now, he gets a really good nickname. We have to mention this. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, the other wigs yeah, now when you, or his, <laughs> his detractors, if you will, now decide that uh, his new nickname is... His accidency. His accidency. <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah. pretty great, man. When you, when you really your hate accidency. the president. Yeah, <laughs> when you really hate the uh, your your current. That sounds leader. like something straight out of a Mel Brooks movie. It uh yeah it's uh, well essentially that's it almost feels like it is just a comp because the nickname plays a couple. Of, first of all, he ascends the office by accent, so it's a truthful nickname. And then also, what a great little burn for you. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, his boss dies, so he, he becomes uh, the head cheese by accident. So, I mean, it's a great nickname. His accidency. <laughs> People are mean. That's then. what I'd call it, too. Yeah. If it was a Mel Brooks movie, his accidency, the John Tyler story. It would work. Man. <laughs> if you could get Gene Wilder to play John Tyler, I would watch that in a heartbeat. Oh, <laughs> my God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> well, um, whatever you're going to do, whatever you want to call him, his accidency is technically the 10th president of the United States. Uh, now, like we said, he's also vetoing everything back and forth. The, the Whig Party guys, they're getting pissed off at him. They've pretty much had enough. His entire cabinet has bailed on him. And uh, the Whigs are actually... 
They're getting angry here. We covered the first. Uh, I'll throw it as a trivia question to Alvarez. Who's the first president to get impeached, bud? Uh, well, uh, Johnson. Correct. Correct. Um, now, the first attempt at impeachment you found was our boy, uh, his John accidency. Tyler. His accidency, John Tyler. Yeah. yeah. That uh, charges were put forth that it wasn't it wasn't passed. But uh, the first one that was charged with uh, impeachment was uh, our own John Tyler. Can well, we just refer to him moving forward as his accent? <laughs> yeah, it's a good nickname, man. It's a great nickname. It's a great nickname. Yeah, I second that. <laughs> well, uh, it, it makes me laugh too because the people that are coming after him, because right, I mean, we we're not a uh, we're not a, you know it's a history podcast. That's the bottom line here. But the thing was, is that uh, with Johnson's impeachment, it was coming from uh, both sides of the aisle that people wanted him out. Right? He wasn't making a whole lot of friends. Um, and then you can also make the case for other times from it was the Republicans that took out Clinton uh, back in the day. And then right now it's a, uh, the House of Representatives is Democrat heavy and they're going after a Republican president. So it's you don't normally see your own party try to kick you out of the presidency. Right. So the, the guys that put you there are now saying, oh, wait a minute, yeah. on second thought. The Whigs were like, you have to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's uh, It's got to be wild times over there because keep in mind the nation's changing. Uh, you have westward expansion. Um, you have, uh, you know, because Andrew Jackson, that was, that was big. It was like a frontiersman president. You know, so that whole thing, Texas. Yeah, he was the first president of the of the common man, mm-hmm. really, too, was with Jackson. So, I mean, and the uh, uh, zeitgeist of the day, too. I mean, things are heating up back and forth, north and south, east and west. That there's a overshadowing uh, idea here or concept that is driving a lot, a lot of politics. You call it, you might call it states' rights, but it's, it's slavery. Uh, yeah, you can call it states' rights, but. You know, to the Southern viewpoint, um, you're dealing a state's rights with you're dealing with my property. And my property happens to be a, another human being, but uh, it, it's slavery. Did you hear that Tyler was a slave owner? Yes, he was. I think he had what forty slaves. They said. Uh, I believe that was that was the count. Yeah, it's uh, it's always weird too because um, there's so many. <laughs> it was really one of the funniest sketches I had seen on uh, I think it was Key and Peel that they did it where it was. Um, they're you know two very funny black comics, and they're taking uh, the DNA tests uh, for Ancestry.com. Right, and it's always come back. It's they'll sit there like, oh, but it turns out I'm actually related to a you know a Scottish king or something like. That. And then anytime it came up to the two black guys, they're like, yep, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson. Yeah. So Tyler, now this is true. Uh, there are still uh, African Americans that can trace their lineage all the way back to Tyler. So, yep, that's when you find out that, you know, your great, 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 great grandson uh, of a former president of the United States, that's kind of cool. And you find out it's like, oh, yeah, because he was uh, cheating on his wife all the time with his property. Right. Mm. Yeah. Gets a little dark on that one, man. That that also can be attributed to the whole state's rights because um, the importation of slaves was outlawed. So the only way you could get more slaves is by... um, uh, people, uh, people born in bondage, that the mother's offspring was also to be in slavery. It's so weird, if you're yeah. if you're gonna, you know, expand the herd, um, you you're, you might be siring some of those yourself. So uh, it was it was definitely an effed up time for sure. And we always but, talk about it too, is that there's there's caveats to it where 
if someone's against slavery, you're like, oh, cool, that sounds like the, the logic. But then you hear that there's actually more racist shit under, like the under, like, well, we just don't want more. I can't have more blacks in the country. So it's like, yeah, right. you're, you have the right opinion and the wrong act, you know? Right. And on the other side of it, they'll say, well, I believe it's a state's rights issue and the government shouldn't be able to come in. Like if we, it, again, it's a, a bizarre thing to think of people as livestock, but that's just that's, what was going that's, on. That's, what, that's yeah. what it was. It is always wild, though, man. But uh, Tyler, they said, for the most part, was actually pretty good to the slaves uh, that he had. So isn't that weird? Or, you know, Again, it's a benevolent slave owner. I'd slip your accidency. At every opportunity I could. <laughs> uh, why, his why, accidency. Yeah. What were we saying now? I was gonna say, at least in relation to some other slave owners. I mean, when you hear some, I mean, when you hear some other story, when you hear some other like uh, stories off those plantations, I mean, it breaks your heart. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. It's evil shit, man. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> people shouldn't own people. That's yeah. kind of what yeah, not, always not, comes down to. Yeah, not blowing any minds, but yeah, no, they really shouldn't. It's. <laughs> um, now, no people owning. We did say that he was cheating not on his wife bit. with the, the slaves, you know, but not for nothing. He's got a couple of – he's a busy man. Uh, how many kids did uh, our boy, uh, his accidency have? Well, I think that's another one of his uh, high watermarks, if you will, that I believe the count was at 17. That's a lot of accidents. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. right there. You took the bait. Um, that uh, he's credited uh, – I believe the count was 17 – Legitimate children. Yes, over the course uh, of two marriages, right? Right, off, off, off the course of two marriages, Jeez, yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was, uh, he was uh, high. The testosterone level, I think, was, was up. Uh, he had no problem with that. He's manly man. Yeah. Men in tight, tight tights. And I think his youngest child was born when he was 70 years old. So. Jesus. He, he All right, a, Keith Richards. That's a, he had a long run. <laughs> I know it's only rock and roll, but I like it. Um, So not for nothing here, too. I do want to uh, bounce a couple more things off you. Now, you found, I won't give it away just yet, but there's there's an incident about how he meets his second wife. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, well, I think that was, um, we're skipping over the the first wife, who was this shy and retiring type person, really wasn't too much of uh, Leticia. Oh, look, is it? I believe it was Leticia Tyler. Um, she was also from money, from Virginia, actually only lived uh, a few miles away from uh, his boyhood home in, in Virginia. So, you know, he's, he's marrying a local, um, has a bunch of kids. I believe it was seven from the, from the first wife. Um, but she... Uh, she was really not the outgoing type person that the second wife proved to be. Um, but uh, she definitely had some money. Um, and then was never really the active hostess um, that the women at the time, the wives were supposed to be the, the gracious hostess to the to their uh, to their husband's uh, you know political aims or or goals and type of thing. Um, even after he took the presidency following Harrison's death, it was uh, several weeks until she finally joined up with him. Um, but she was uh, not a well woman in her later life, that she suffered a stroke. Mm-hmm. So once he becomes president upon Harrison's death, um, the hostess duties are really given to her daughter, uh, her daughter-in-law, Priscilla. 
um, as far as household management and everything else because she's pretty much incapacitated. I believe research that I found, she only was involved with one social gathering in the, in the time that... Uh, uh, that Tyler was uh, yeah, old old accidents just keeping her yeah. you know, busy and pregnant all yeah. the time <laughs> <laughs> there you go um, I thought it was interesting too is that um, she suffered a second stroke which actually took her out mm-hmm. um, but they said that while she was in the White House and prior to her suffering this second stroke there was uh, mobbed a mob scene out in front of the White House um, chanting and and everything else that it was they were the the locals were not happy with with president tyler and it was uh you know they think that that whole stress really led to her second stroke that uh and that took her out that she died from that second stroke um but uh old old uh accidency there he (laughs) he was a frisky type that uh Lo and behold, it comes on to the social scene uh, in a winter um, of uh, 1844, maybe. Um, this young hottie from New York, who's also from Oodles of Money, shows up onto the scene. Miss Julia, uh, she shows up and she's. The, What's her last name, by the way? Uh, this is important. Gardner. Yep. Uh, Julia Gardner. Now, D- Daddy Gardner is definitely um, got money. They own a little island off the very tip of Long Island, (laughs) Gardner Island, that is probably the second largest um, privately owned island in all of the United States. Uh, The only one that's a little bit bigger is a little further north, and that's uh, owned by the Forbes family. So there was there was some Forbes. Forbes, hang on. Yeah, Forbes. You've heard of this? What are the? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Is there a list of some sort? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and she's good looking too. And oh, she's yeah, coming she's from a, buckets and buckets of money. Right. Right. You know, when you own a little, when you own your own islands, that's kind of it. That's yeah, that's how you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, at the time that uh, Miss Julia uh, Gardner shows up on the Washington scene, um, she's like thirty years younger than. Uh, than uh, John, and she's just uh, she's, checking all the boxes. Yeah, huh? she's making. She's definitely making a hit around the Washington Sea, and there's a a lot of uh, a lot of people that are are interested in in sparking this one for sure. Yeah, you stay away from Francis Scott Key's son. You hear me? <laughs> but she's pretty much uh, the polar opposite of uh, of uh, his first wife, though. She's this good looking, outgoing, very. Uh, uh, gal about town type of a thing and actually uh she comes to the social scene in washington um i think it was a year or so prior to that she made uh um the headlines if you will because she posed for this lithograph oh shit okay uh advertising uh, some dry goods store in manhattan and this was certainly not what was to be done by um young ladies of uh high social standing to uh to be posing in advertisements although her name never appeared in the uh in the lithograph as this advertisement um there was a rose 
embellished somewhere within this lithograph and she was her nickname was the the rose of long island type of a thing so people quickly <laughs> realized who it was and you know that you know for a young lady to be uh, in the advertising game or, okay president tyler tell you why she's got nice ankles <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah there you go but uh because you mom and, mom and dad gardner yeah. did not take kindly to her uh, posing for this lithograph <laughs> that was you know be publicized uh, to the to the common man, if you will, and they scoop her up with her sister and take them off to Europe to try to get her away from the headlines type of thing, only to come back to Washington, D.C. social scene about a year later. And, and she was definitely uh, being or being attempted to be sparked by a lot of uh, heavy hitters in the Washington scene. Um, John Tyler's own sons were very much interested. No in that. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh wow, this um, is getting very porn hubby here, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, good God. Um, <laughs> but she's invited to a uh, a masquerade uh, party at the White House, and John Tyler, the first time he proposed marriage to her, um, he was snubbed. She said no. But the first time that uh, John Tyler proposed marriage to her was only five min- months after the first wife died. So, I mean, it's only <laughs> five months in mourning, and, well, maybe it's time to go after this young hottie. Why do they call you his accidency? <laughs> yeah. Um, she snubs him the first time he proposes marriage, but then there's an incident, and we do have a, a somewhat of a Jersey connection here. <laughs> um, here it comes. That uh, there's this uh, new naval uh, ship, the Princeton, Indeed, um, and there they have a this. I guess it's a publicity kind of a thing that a lot of the higher ups and the big shots of Washington are put on board the Princeton, and they're going up and down the river. Yeah, it's like a wet down when a fire department gets a new truck. There you go. Thing, there you <laughs> go. And they're showing off this new this new uh, naval uh, ship, and this thing has got these huge cannons on there that they're firing off to be shock and awe kind of a thing that this one particular uh cannon on board is called the the peacemaker that uh, they think that this gun is so awesome that nobody would dare i guess and just you know make make the peace quickly well anyhow they fire off uh on the third volley this thing explodes kills um her dad um cool kills julia gardner's dad and um, she is fainted away now. President Tyler is on board along with the Secretary of the Navy. And I mean, there's a lot of heavy hitters aboard this thing. Um, um, Papa Gardner is killed. And then uh, President uh, Tyler picks uh, up young Julia, sweeps her up in her arms and carries her off the ship uh, to, uh, to medical aid type of a thing and then uh, nurses her um, and is comforts and consoles her on her father's death from this explosion and uh, she uh, eventually says yes and to yeah. <laughs> <will always. laughs> yeah, it's a lot like that it's like that story with the uh, where the Swedish Navy had you know they did a uh, it was back I think it was back in the 17th century they had a ma- they built this massive like man of war it was like 40 guns or whatever and then on like the maiden voyage, the th- it's so top heavy that it just <laughs> fell and capsized due to a due to a squall that hit it 
Oh shit! Oh my! <laughs> if, you ever, if you ever if you ever branch out into if you ever branch out into European loser, in this case, <laughs> the entire Swedish Navy. Not a good maiden Swedish voyage. Navy too. Uh, you know what they sound like on board, right? <laughs> uh, we did it just to get Kahuna bees. <laughs> This spot's for you, go <laughs> I knew it was coming. Once I heard Swedish, I was like, wait. Uh, half the battle, man. <laughs> uh, the Coastal Rangers are tough now, but uh, it's they had to get there. Jesus. So well, the, anyhow, the gun she, blows up. He runs off with the, he's got, you know, he's got yeah, his chick. scoops her up in her arms, runs off, and, you know, and then consoles and, and uh, consoles her on her father's death and everything else. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> the love boat connection, if you will, here with this is that um, the only thing that survives from that um, USS ship Princeton is the bell the, uh, that was on board the ship. And that bell is now in front of Borough Hall in Princeton, New Jersey. So oh, there's a little, there's a little love, a... love memento. <laughs> uh, it's, here's the whole thing. It's life. Like, again, we, there's so many firsts with Tyler's life and everything like that. Very, very interesting guy. Um, again, what do you have? Uh, Seventeen kids. I think that was the count. Yeah, the yeah. total count, and that's the ones that he's allowed to know about—the legitimate kids. The legitimate, the ones he's allowed to. Yeah, pretty well. The ones what he's, he's got to back home on the plantation to uh, a... increase the slave population is still <laughs> under debate, I guess. But uh, yeah, anyhow, that um, you know, he he ends up marrying her. It's. Uh, it's another first because it's the first wedding that was held within the mm-hmm. White House. Um, the wedding itself takes place in New York City, and the family, the gardeners, were really calling it an elopement because there was only twelve people present at the at the wedding. Oh shit! Old accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Old accident. Uh, we make this a, a quickie wedding kind of a thing. Now the the family is saying, well, that's because you know Papa Gardner just recently just recently died. So uh, the rest of the family is in mourning, and it really, you know, the social, uh, the social eons of the day are, would would frown upon having a wedding that close to her father's death. But uh, it is what it is. They go on this magical ferry boat ride around Manhattan. <laughs> uh, naval naval gunships are firing off salutes to the to the new first lady and the and the president. They get off. They get off the ferry. <laughs> they disembark the ferry. At another Jersey connection, Jersey City, New Jersey, Jesus, and take the train, uh, take the train to Philadelphia, and eventually back to uh, to Washington D.C., where she sets up shop as the first lady. Now, this is, as I said, the 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 extreme opposite of the first first lady. That she is the uh, the social uh, hit parade, um, and she realizes that she's only got like eight months or so left in uh, Harrison's presidency. Uh, not Harrison's, uh, in Tyler's presidency. So she's, uh, Again, you're, you're still not wrong either. Yeah. It is Harrison's presidency <laughs> filled by Tyler. <laughs> right. and seven, then, seven more months. That's <laughs> she's, she's making the most of, uh, of her time as um, the first lady, if you will. And she's got a lot of firsts herself. That um, She's credited with um, the first to um, make sure that as the president enters a room, that the Marine Band plays Hail to the Chief. No shit. That was later adopted by uh, Polk's wife. So that tradition really started with uh, with John Tyler's wife, uh, complete uh, Julia. <laughs> yeah. Hail to the Chief. Um, 
She's got a. She is also very much outspoken in her uh, political interests, and they say that she was, you know, uh, twisting arms and and having conversations with people with this whole annexation of Texas, which again goes back to the hot topic of the day, which is mm-hmm. slavery and the expansion of slavery, because Texas would come in as a slave state, um, even in, in in Tyler's time, he was actually against the uh, Missouri Compromise, because Missouri came in as a slave state, but the compromise was that Maine would come in as a free state, and he was against that whole thing that he, you know, T- Tyler's opinion was that the individual states should decide whether it's going to be Yeah, he was not big on a federal government. <clears throat> not, not on federal all, yeah. government, mm-hmm. right. Which is hilarious, because that's almost what you want, is a guy who's the head of the federal government, you know, the executive branch of the federal government, to not think he should have a whole lot of power. Right. That was the thing. So there's some weird stuff that's admirable here with him. The slavery stuff, like you're saying, is completely, uh, that's just wacky to begin with. Because um, keep in mind, this is when Texas is its own nation right now. The Republic of Texas is uh, just kind of chilling out there. This and is- even that's in dispute because it's the, the Republic of Texas with the annexation of, of Texas. That, that, be, that was another hot topic because is that going to upset the, the balance um, between um, free and slave states as far as the, uh, the votes held in Congress? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're only getting senators um, to decide stuff in, in that house. But um, Texas, we have the Republic of Texas which wasn't formally recognized by the Republic of Mexico, <laughs> who they stole it from, and where exactly are the borders. So, that, that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. And then uh, Texas wants to come into the United States, but the vast majority of the Texans at that time wanted to come in as a slave state. Because mm-hmm. um, so, well, when that's so funny, we, I, we covered it in another episode, but it was um, – for the homesteaders so that Mexico could, they needed people to be out there. We talked about it for the War with Mexico episode that uh, they said, hey, guys, uh, if you Americans want to come out here, you want to, you know, hang out in Texas, all we ask that you do is, uh, you know, um, it, it's going to be, you know, it's Catholic out here. Okay, we're religious that way. Uh, and we're, uh, we're against slavery. So uh, then what do they do? They come out there. They do not convert to Catholicism. And uh, they wind up taking the nation over. And uh, they pretty much did it so that they could bring in slavery. So uh, we can be Anglicans and bring slaves. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make the rules. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. Um, (laughs) uh, This is mine now. (laughs) Well, um, not for nothing, too, is that, uh, let's see, in uh, in 1845 is when Tyler's going to officially uh, begin the process of annexing Texas as the 29th state. So... That it gets carried out by Polk, is that right, Dad? Yeah, that, that, again, to Tyler's credit, um, on his last day of office, uh, well, the, Tyler goes through this secret negotiation. He becomes known also not only as his accidency, but also the man without a party. And you want to talk about a guy with nicknames? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a bunch of them because nobody is really supporting this guy uh, other than himself. Um, nope, the Whigs the, the hate president him. without a party. The Democrats hate him. The Republicans hate him. Well, actually, the Republicans haven't come in come in just yet. But he is so instrumental in a lot of shit that's going to happen in a very few short years after his presidency that um, it's it's craziness. Um, um, he's he's unaligned with any political party. There's a big back and forth within 
within uh, Congress as to whether we're going to let Texas come in or not. Well, are we actually going to annex Texas? Um, this whole thing leads to uh, Martin Van Buren's nomination as their uh, party. Um, that he is not allowed to. He doesn't win the nomination of his own party that James K. Polk does, but before Polk takes office through negotiations back and forth with the Republic of Texas, with Sam Houston and his crowd, um, he has the, uh, Tyler has these secret negotiations going back and forth that he signs on the last day the bill that allows uh, Texas to be coming into the into the Congress. And it really wasn't until Polk's administration when the thing was finally served, but it was through all these secret negotiations that Tyler had with Texas. And then, of course, that leads to hard feelings with the Mexican government because they never said, hey, wait a minute, we never really recognized you guys. And where exactly the borders are leads down the road with Polk's administration, the war with Mexico. So it's 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 craziness all over the place. He really is an agent of chaos, if you think about it. Yeah, he, he really is. He really he's like is. A Lovecraft character. He's got a million Ooh. nicknames. He's got a million nicknames and causes nothing but chaos. <laughs> your lethotep. Well, you want it, the definition of chaos, by the way, to me is uh, my second home, the uh, state of Florida, which uh, on his final day in office as president, President Tyler makes Florida the twenty seventh state. Yeah. So, anytime you hear something good about bath salts, or you know. <laughs> An alligator and a you know coming out of a, a pool and coming and eating somebody. Uh, it's usually in Florida, and we owe it all to President John Tyler. Yeah. So now, uh, not for nothing here, he does uh, he finishes up his term. They were not successful in trying to impeach him, but literally everybody's just he's a pariah. Nobody wants to deal with this guy at all. It's uh, you, you, Alex. You and I worked together on uh, camp staff over Camp Lewis, yeah. and if there was ever somebody that just we couldn't quite get along with you kind of just ice them out and they just go all right so um i guess i'm not coming back next year guys <laughs> they just kind of carry it. Yeah. like yeah it's yeah we made that decision for you yeah. so um we, we're gonna have to put up with you until the end of the contract period but uh, after, after that you're done yeah after that pack your stuff don't come back that's right <laughs> it was half the battle on that one man but uh yeah uh, so he leaves he steps out of the office now he screw you guys i'm going home and he, uh, he departs the White House, goes down to uh, Old Sherwood Forest, which is his 1,200-acre plantation like we talked about. and um, With his wife. Yeah, with his wife. With his wife. Yeah, with his young now, wife. she's 22 when they get married. He's 52, so he's 30 years senior to her. But, you know, he's still, still going strong. Still How's that math work out? As, uh, does 52 goes into 25? <laughs> yeah. No, don't hate the play. I hate <laughs> the game. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, he gets um, gets back down there. He's hanging out in Sherwood Forest here. Now, uh, the nation, as we talked about, Dad, a lot of shit going on here. There's a perhaps a war between the states that's brewing um, over that same issue of slavery you discussed? Absolutely, absolutely. And now we've got Texas in there with the emancipation of the slaves in Texas. We're not, he, he outmaneuvered those diplomatic efforts. Um, actually, the British government was involved with that because the Mexicans and the Texans were going to, you know, hammer that out but old uh, old John Tyler steps in and outmaneuvers them whole that whole thing by making his own secret negotiations um, it was just craziness from from start to finish with with all of these different things that he's gotten 
on his last day of office, he also signs uh, Florida into statehood. So mm-hmm. we said uh, that one, yeah. Yeah. So we got Florida, we got Texas. Both happen to be he slave ended states. Ended the, the Seminole Indian War. Ended <laughs> the Seminole Indian War. Yeah. He he Before he was, was born. he was craziness. No shit, really. Yeah. Was born in Miami. Don't get me wrong. I'm unapologetically a Jersey kid, but uh, I was born and very temporarily occupied in you know Miami. Uh, well, Key Biscayne specifically. Jesus, you are so Cuban. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, not for nothing, because this is where there's a footnote with the history part here, and then there's also um, you can't you can't tell this part of the story without making you go back and think again about. Uh, this is a, a former United States president, okay? The 10th president in the nation's history. Right. And uh, he decides he's going to get back involved with political office again, right? And well, there was a little incident that happened, you know, before that. Hit me. The start of the Civil War. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he... Just a little incident. Yeah. Um, a, a kerfuffle. So he's he's out he's out of office. He's back home in old Virginia, the mm-hmm. old Dominion. He's he's back in in his uh, his home plantation of Sherwood Forest. Um, things continue to heat up. Um, there's an election year of 1860. Um, politically, the nation is divided not just two ways, but probably four ways because there's four different presidential candidates in the election of 1860. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Democrats are split between Northern Democrats and Southern Democrats. Um, there's a guy out in Illinois by the name of Lincoln who runs as this newly formed Republican Party um, trying to bring bring about. And he's very outspoken about anti-slavery right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, the two biggest contenders are Douglas and Lincoln, but Lincoln makes it crystal clear to everybody that he's anti-slavery and douglas is not really stating stating his case he's kind of playing trying to play both sides and it's not working out because again the political parties are so divided that lincoln is elected in november of 1860 with 40 percent of the popular vote but because he carries the the north with so many of the electoral votes that he he becomes president. And he, so he had Illinois, and then he had uh, Hamlin as his vice president who brought in the votes from Maine. Maine, so, right, yep. right. So, you know, their political maneuvering wins out. Um, so now with the election results um, in the South is really pissed off because they they see this as, as the end of uh, their way of life type of a thing. And... Um, but if, I believe by January of eight, 1861, there's seven states have already left the Union. Um, the very southern part of the United States, all those guys are out. We're, it's, I mean, Lincoln's in, then we're out. Oh, yeah, that's we're your gonna, marching orders, man. We're, we're fucked. We're yeah, going to form our own. Yeah, so. yeah we, we had our election. We lost, but... F this stuff, we're out of here because we're going to form, form our own country. And as we've covered before, too, they, they literally do start forming their own country. They have a government. They have a president, you know, Jefferson Davis, all that other wild stuff. Now, not for nothing, um, old uh, his accidency himself decides he's going to get involved in government. But uh, it's almost like, a, I don't want to say Darth Vader, 
but uh, that's what I was trying to do earlier. But he does make that flip, and he winds up serving uh, as a member of the Confederate House of Representatives, representing Virginia. This reminds me of... uh, You're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them! (laughs) Well, to me, it reminds me of... um, uh, remember when uh, Sergeant Slaughter uh, became an uh, Iraqi sympathizer? Total <laughs> heel turn. Yeah, they they made him the actual badass military guy. They made him betray America, and then Hulk Hogan had to fix him. Uh, <laughs> with Iron Shake. Uh, <laughs> After Lincoln's election, though, um, he still hasn't been inaugurated yet, because that didn't happen until much later, um, Well, in, in early 61. Uh, uh, nobody fired a shot yet. I mean, there was seven different Confederate states that left the Union, but nobody really knew how to deal with this. Lincoln is elected in the election of of November of 1860, and he just kind of doesn't make any kind of speeches or address what his policies are going to be even after these states leave the Union because he's thinking that whatever I say is only going to be adding fuel to the fire, that, you know, things perhaps can be patched up uh, or brought back together. And, and John Tyler steps in once again and tries to hold this uh, peace conference of uh, 1861. Now, again, no, Fort Sumter hasn't happened yet. The first shots of the Civil War haven't happened yet. So he calls for this peace conference that if we can send representatives from all the states and we're going to meet in Washington, we're going to meet at the Willard Hotel, which is like the hotel in the entire nation, the, the, the nicest, most uh, prestigious hotel you could possibly meet in is the Willard in Washington. Uh, you know, th- at the time, there were more backroom dealings going on in the Willard Hotel than there were in, in Congress that uh, all, the, all the heavy hitters <laughs> are meeting and greeting there. So they're going to have this big conference or this big convention. Um, Smoke-filled room. Yeah, That's not it. all the states send their representatives. But this was like the last-ditch attempt that maybe we can resolve this thing peacefully and not come to a shooting war. You know, seven states have already left the Union. Can't we all just get along? Yeah, but, you know, it's viewed like, listen, we had the election. It was clearly Lincoln won. And, you know, we're not going to continue on with this whole slavery kind of issue. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Maybe we can make a compromise here somewhere, you know, that uh, we can come come together with this peace conference of 1861. It, It fails. It fails. A lot of the states didn't even bother sending representatives. The, the ones that left the Union already didn't bother sending representatives. And it was pretty much just, an, it was seen as a last-ditch attempt by the Confederates to settle this thing peacefully before it comes to a shooting war. Um, I found it interesting, too, that in the middle of this conference, Lincoln is on his way to his inaugural. Lincoln has not yet been inaugurated. And I think three days before his inauguration, he shows up at the Willard Hotel where they're having this big peace conference. And when it's announced or comes to be known that Lincoln is in the hotel, the Virginia delegation to this peace conference, the one guy jumps up and says, how did he get through Baltimore? And if you remember from one of our previous episodes... There was speculation that there was going to be an assassination oh, attempt shit. of Lincoln oh, as he went through Baltimore because he had to change trains and everything else. So Lincoln comes into Washington secretively 
at night on a special train that he avoided the whole assassination attempt. So that just led greater um, credence to the to the idea that he was going to be assassinated. Yeah, the South <laughs> arranges a little yeah. accident, and these and these Virginia delegates are all in on it, kind of a thing. That anyhow, um, you know, they meet with Lincoln in his uh, private parlor in within the hotel. He's not president yet, but uh, you know, they come to the realization: hey, this isn't going anywhere. We're not going to get a compromise. This guy is definitely. Um, real stick in the mud <laughs> right he won the election and he wants it his way i mean go figure you know um, we're gonna form our own government we're gonna have hookers and beer <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> you no know, i scratch that it's just gonna be hookers yeah. <laughs> no lincoln's allowed they have like a little, they have a little like, pipe hat with, a, with the cross with going through it <laughs> no one sees the president not no way not no how <laughs> there you go um not for another way I, I do want to um we do want to finish up here because uh we're over our time uh well how unusual exactly <laughs> and uh, it is a saturday and alex alvarez does have uh he does have some stuff he has to handle all right big important day for our friend in the banking industry alex alvarez <laughs> um but we do have to hit that so that that conference that uh you talked about dad that winds up failing to meet its objective right and literally the war breaks out what later that same year so yeah um april yeah so so they're meeting like from January to February kind of a thing. And in April, um, the Confederate forces fire on Fort Sumter and that's it. And again, because Virginia, because he's got loyalty to Virginia first, he is serving as a representative in the Confederate House of Representatives, representing his home state of Virginia. Virginia. Okay. So, dude, that's, it kind of just blows my mind. That's a, a former U.S. president is now a part of the government uh, that is uh, being usurpatious. Did I use that word right? I think I did. I'm gonna I don't say know. I, I have to look that one up. So, <laughs> that's definitely, you definitely went for the top shelf. Hell yeah, buddy. But yeah, so this guy, um, but also not for nothing, uh, when he dies, like we said, he gets, uh, his casket is draped. He's buried with the um, Confederate flag. And uh, it's important too, because he dies at age 71. Uh, now, this is part where we had to, you and I were going over this for the, the, the dates, if you will. Um, Tyler died at age 71. On January 18th, 1862, uh, in Richmond, which is what? The capital of the Confederacy. Confederacy. Okay. Now, uh, he dies in 1862. So guess who's president of the United States when John Tyler dies? Abraham Lincoln. Exactly. So now there's always this thing. It, it's, it's a big deal whenever you see a, a president pass away or whatever. And it's always kind of cool to see... You know, everybody get together. Uh, it, it is always weird to see the Clintons and the Bushes, you know, and the Trumps all sitting next and the Obamas, everybody all hanging out together, like, you know, whenever somebody passes away, like they were all there for John McCain's funeral. Right. So there was a lot of the, despite the fact that, you know, those are uh, Democrats and, uh, you know, Republicans and, it's you know, bitter, yeah, yeah, bitter rivals for the most part, but they do come together as a common courtesy that they're putting out here. Uh, when John Tyler dies, a former president of the United States, number 10, all right? Abe Lincoln just goes, oh, what? I'm sorry. Did you say something? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, yeah, no, totally sad. It's, <laughs> he doesn't, they won't even acknowledge it. That is the only time that a president has ever passed away and the current president has not acknowledged that it, uh, it happened because they thought that he was a traitor. All right. First of all, wow. he's not a popular guy. 
not a popular guy. And then uh, the way that he kind of alienates literally everybody and just, I'm the Robin Hood of Sherwood Farms. Right. You know, he's kind of yes, a... Yes, your excellency. <laughs> your excellency. So, hey, uh, talking about the Confederate flag, too, I found a little interesting side point, and I'll be quick. But uh, Julia Tyler, right, the second wife, mm-hmm. um, they're back in Sherwood Forest before um, the Civil War starts. Once the Civil War starts, she's like in in uh, in harm's way, if you will. So she wants to come back to Mommy's house in Long Island. Now, she was born in New York and wants to come back to Mommy's house. It's not Daddy's house because Daddy died on oh, the explosion shit. aboard the ship, <laughs> right? They won't allow her to go north to Long Island without swearing an oath of allegiance to the, to the Union prior. Mm-hmm. So she does an end around and goes to one of the... Caribbean islands, and then sneaks into Long Island in a, in a backdoor kind of a situation. There's now, parts of Long Island that is probably still in the Confederacy. Well, <laughs> that's where I'm going with this, because oh, now shit. she sneaks back to Mommy's house with the kids, and so she's in the same house um, with Mom and raises a Confederate flag during the Civil War, raises a Confederate flag on, on, on Mom's house, oh, and Union veterans from the war threaten to burn the house down and they don't you know they don't lower the flag kind of a thing so here she oh, is boy. just it's stick in the eye uh for the for the northerners of, of long island flying the confederate flag so yeah. she had uh she had some grit holy shit yeah. well uh now tyler's dead okay died at uh, seven like we said and he's uh I thought this was uh, worth noting, too. He's buried uh, in Richmond, like we said, which is the capital of the Confederacy still at this time. Uh, he's buried in Hollywood Cemetery, which is also the resting place of uh, James Monroe, America's fifth president, and uh, Jefferson Davis would also wind up being buried there, the president of the Confederacy. So that is uh, a Confederate president and an uh, American president and then a American president who served for the Confederates. Like, it's, there's a lot of people in that cemetery, bud. Esteemed company. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about as weird as it gets on that one. Now, like we said, just the idea that there's an American president, that's, it's almost like, um, I don't know, in my, it would be like uh, Derek Jeter being buried in a Red Sox hat. You know what I mean? Oh it just doesn't God. feel good. It doesn't sit. Yeah, that's <laughs> but uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Alvarez, you have anything for us, pal? Um, no, not not really. We're going to bring you in for another one, too, when you get a, a little bit more uh, advanced notice and everything like that. But it was great to see you, buddy. You Absolutely. are I, I do maintain you're one of the funniest people I ever met. And I wish you would try stand-up. And I wish Ken Krantz would quit. Um, but... <laughs> That being said, Ken Krantz, we'll discuss that at some point. <laughs> no, Ken's very Ken's a great guy. I love him very much, but uh, oh, no, he's so, he's oh, no, so much talking. fun to rip on. <laughs> oh, I wasn't talking shit. I mean, we got to the first thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, dude. Thank you for coming in on this one. Uh, I'm happy to have you here, but uh, Kahuni, you got anything for us, buddy? How's your song doing? Uh, doing actually pretty well. It's my second most popular one on Spotify now. Which I think was pretty cool. Hell yeah. View-wise on YouTube, it could use a little bit of work. But a, if you want to help out the Kahuna, go ahead and take a look. It's uh, Where Are You Santa Claus, right? Yeah, on Arcade yeah, Productions' YouTube channel. Thank yeah, you for the listen. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, man. Come on. You do good stuff. Uh, and then LP, got anything else for us to wrap it up before we get out of here? Yeah, just a couple of positives on, on John Tyler. He uh, signed the Preemption Act, which uh, helped spur Western settlement, allowing people to buy uh, 160 acres of public land. Of course, that also helped out the uh, finances of the government type ah, of thing. But, shit. Uh, 
That was given the, the common guy an opportunity. Um, he's also credited with ending the Seminole War in Florida. Now, I don't know whether that was, I guess that's the third Seminole War because we were always at odds with the Seminoles, and that goes back to our podcast with Osceola and everything else. But, yep, uh, Gators versus he, FSU. He finally <laughs> ended that, but that could have been because they were going to throw the people out of their, their homelands. But anyhow, that's another thing. He also settled a dispute between uh, U.S. and uh, British North American colonies, uh, namely the, the, the boundary between uh, Maine, Maine and Canada, because that was often in dispute. So he did have some things. And it was also uh, a Webster-Ashburton Treaty, um, which was basically uh, uh, trading rights with uh, China, uh, giving American access to some Asian ports. So he did have some, some positive things, but uh, he was definitely his own man. And states' rights was uh, his, uh, his slogan th- throughout all of his political career. He was consistent. It was not good, but it was consistent. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the Robin Hood of uh, politicos. He was. You the... never want to be wishy washy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do, man. Every time we're calling him the Robin Hood of uh, politics, I just always picture that it's a uh, like C-SPAN, and he's got uh, he's just sitting there with green tights on. Just <laughs> men in tights. Yeah. Uh... Or people just call him that really sarcastically. Oh, here comes Robin Hood. That's an accident. His real... accidency, Robin Hood. He's a real Errol <laughs> Flynn, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, no, that was uh, that was this was a fun one because this is such a weird footnote in American history. Nobody knows anything about this guy. I learned a lot coming in on this one. I'm not gonna lie, LP. I'm very impressed with you, sir. Yeah. Because I am. I am. You did a really good job on this one. Oh, thanks. I'm under the weather. I'm not I can rustle great. some more papers that's for you. If that's <laughs> a, there's a pile of papers take... for you to rustle, too. You know it. That's a... <laughs> but uh, this was a good one, man. Uh, Alex, very happy to have you here, pal. It's great to happy reconnect to with you after all these years. You didn't run out of here dying. No, uh, I've been fighting. You made it I, through. I, yeah. And uh, now, because we're going to wrap it up, and then I can go into the bathroom and potentially pass away. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> But uh, Kahuna, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. All right, I don't think we're going to see you before that. Uh, Alex, Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming on to the show here. Uh, If you guys do not celebrate uh, Christmas out there, uh, get on the fucking bandwagon, okay? (laughs) Listen to my freaking Christmas music, okay? (laughs) But uh, LP, do you have anything else? Just Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, I think Hanukkah starts on the 21st, yes? That's a, I'm, I'm not familiar. What is Hanukkah? I don't Hanukkah? even know what today's. <laughs> I don't even know. But, if it started, uh, dope. If not, eh. Well, <laughs> you guys still got a couple more days to uh, to celebrate on that one. So Also true. But uh, was there anything else, guys? I think we're out of here then. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, check us out. It's American Loser Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can check me out at KP Mark Sucks on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with this, guys. We want to keep it going. Uh, and the support from you guys and those written reviews, they really do mean a lot. So thank you so much for that. Um, we don't want to charge you guys for the show, okay? And that's you leave us a written review, that guarantees we don't have to do it. Keep your ears peeled. We got some really cool shit we're working on. But guys, my name was K.P. Burke, and that was His Accidency, President John Tyler. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born. American loser the day I was born